0: Okay, so our nice word, um, our told us, uh, from Divri very chesku. How So the says like this. It says, yeah, it says that he was a right? What's an ishtam yoshevah It sounds like a very tzmimizik person. Now, unfortunately, sometimes Tmimus is looked at like a very, uh, you know, a, 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 what's it called? A, a chesur. You know, somebody's He's not, he's not too bright, but Tmimus is, is a the gemayla, right? Tzmimizik means that is very sincere and very tzmimizik, which is beautiful. Now Yankovini t- is being described as Ishtam Yoshvaholam. <laughs> the question is, was Yankovini so Timazdik? Yankavini was a man. Yankavini knew how to steal the at b- uh, the Bruchus. Yankavini knew how to get the Bakoira. Yankavini knew uh, how to get his way around there. With Lohan, he had his issues. He, he was he was doing pretty well with Yankovini. And the Valda Terra calls him Ishtam <laughs> Ishvaal. So that's the question. Why was Yankovini considered uh Ishtam t- if he was so Malimid but Armimus? Right and the solution is to That the Yitzchak Haris Melimit by Mimas Gedoyla. Yitzchak knows how to trick a person, so you have to counter that. Right, my You have to also work with it, with our Mimas, and that's what Yankubinu did. So why is it that they're calling out to, call to Mimas Dick? So it's looking at that no, Yankubinu was an ishtam, Tom Ish was like a balabus, right? An ishtam, is balabus on the Mimas. He knew when to use Mimas and he knew when not to use Mimas, and that's something that is a very big lesson in life. That even when a person has a good midda, he has to be a balabus on it. In other words. Every midah, even the bad ones, but certainly the good ones, have where they could be a benefit and, and a help. And then they have where they could sometimes be a challenge. Interestingly, even a good midah. We do not talk about that. Middle sahavah, middle, zirah, which sometimes are, you know, part of their midahs. When they're used to the right things, haavah shem, yidah ha'shem is nothing better. And sometimes they're used in the wrong place. And even with, when it comes to tzedakah being mischasad, the person could be mischasad in the wrong place. And every good midah has to be controlled. And that's what I mean. he knew he was Tmeemizdik. And it was good to, it's good to be Tamimusi, but he was about a boost on the Timimus. He knew how to control the Tamimus and make sure that it's only used to serve the Aibishter. That's what, that's what and, and that's why when it came to Lofan and it came to Aisaf and it came to the Yatsahara and whoever else he, he needed to deal with, that's when he put a cap on the Tamimus and he worked with the Aramimus that was necessary. Now, I could say that when it comes to relationships, there's definitely a lot of good middits that people have and it works, it works sometimes to, to their disadvantage. Here's something that I wanted to mention. You uh, hear a guy, let's say, he's very tolerant, okay? So being tolerant is a beautiful middah. It's a beautiful middah. It's a very middle. many of us do a lot of work on our tolerance level. However, if somebody is always going to be tolerant, he might tolerate things that aren't good, both in Yiddishkeit, both in Rachnias, and even in Gashmius. He might tolerate somebody who's controlling him or abusing him and, 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 and actually aggravating the situation by letting his tolerance tolerate things. So that's something you have to realize. As long as even a good middah like tolerance is not as good as you think it is. That's very important. Sometimes somebody's very complimentary, it's very nice to compliment, but sometimes you're complimenting the wrong things just because someone needs to hear it, and then you're actually promoting uh, something, uh, uh, not, uh, not a good behavior. So that's an important lesson, not to be ishtam, yesh, when it comes to relationships. Now, one place where I do want to point it out, and I've mentioned this to many people in the past, how I saw it getting in the way of the relationships. A good mida, or good characteristic, a good uh, character trait, let's call it, is when somebody's self-sufficient. Somebody's self-sufficient. He's not dependent on anyone. of He's not um, making anyone serve him and do things for him. And he, you know, he's, he's independent. He's independent. It's a beautiful thing to be independent. Now sometimes independence, and I'm talking in a healthy way independence. I'm not talking with somebody who uh, shies away from people and he's independent. He doesn't work alone. He's not flexible. No, I'm talking about somebody who's independent. He fends for himself. And he doesn't wait um, to have everyone else do things for him, which is beautiful. Even a middle like independence... Because sometimes work against you. And let me explain why. I've seen this many times. I think we spoke about this actually. must have been in the summer. We were talking about the country. I don't know if it was this year or other year. Somewhere I spoke about this in public. I think it was uh, by drusha. And sometimes a, a woman will go to the country for eight weeks. And then her husband comes up for Shabusim. And in eight weeks he doesn't remember once to tell her. I miss you, it's hard for me to be home alone, you know, I'm here because of my work, but you know, I really wish we could be together, the suppers aren't the same, the laundry is not as clean. You know, there, there's so many opportunities where somebody can make someone feel like, I need you. And people overlook that. Now, where's it coming from? It's not coming from a bad middle. Very often it's coming from being independent. I'm a self-sufficient guy, I know what I'm doing, I try not to make things too hard for you. Obviously, when you're home, I appreciate everything you do. And when you're not home, I, you know, it's our line. And sometimes it works against you, because somebody feels like, you don't really need me. You don't need me! Right? I, I don't need you, you don't need me. It's, it's different ways how it comes out. And it doesn't feel good. Everyone likes to feel needed. Everyone likes to feel special. And you don't want to make someone feel like you don't need them. Remember this. You don't want, you don't want someone to feel challenged by your independence. So even though independence is, again, a good mitha, it's something that has to be capped and you have to be ishtam and know how to control it not make someone else feel like, I don't need you. I'm fine. Even though you're doing it in an in ehrlicher a, in a, in a, in a way, trying to not fallaigzach on anyone, but sometimes that's really what it, what it looks like. And I think that's a good um, segue into the, into the question that we're going to be dealing with over here, Shun Baez question. Okay. I want to let you know that I do enjoy listening to your various speeches and Shihim on Torah Anytime. I discovered you by listening to Karatuni series on Torah Anytime. Okay. Thank you. And I definitely have to use this opportunity to be thankful to, Karatuni, to, to, to Torah Anytime. Torah Anytime, um, I met them at Karatuni, and they gave me the opportunity to talk to him publicly. And it's amazing because technology... ...on its own is a beautiful thing... ...and if you use it in the right way... ...you can reach many people, right? You could say a shir... ...and you can have a thousand people listening... ...but how do you get to a thousand people? The fact that there's the ability to get to a thousand people... ...doesn't yet mean that many people have that access... ...right? You could, you could call all your friends... ...and they could listen to it... ...you could send out videos or, or CDs... ...in the mail to a thousand people... ...but you can't necessarily reach a thousand people on your own... ...and Torah Anytime... ...it gives that platform for people who have what to say... ...and I want to just express my appreciation to Torah Anytime... ...and anyone listening... That they, you know, what Hashem, they, I, I, Ora, I, I give advice about Chenech and and thousands of people hear it, and many people uh, were helped through it, and many people contact me after that. So I'm, I'm, I'm expressing my appreciation to the team of Torah anytime. Yes, they, they good applause, and uh, I, I thank them for all that they do. So, back to the question. With that being said, I have a question on your recent speech on Kisuvay. Okay, so this is last year's Kisuvay speech in English. Um, and whoever wants to take a look at what, the, what that question is referring to, but let me just read the question. I think it, come, it, become, it comes pretty clear. We've been married for over 15 years, so this question isn't coming from a newlywed perspective. Okay, it's good to hear, because I know that my listeners know already that sometimes I, I don't attack, but sometimes I challenge my questioners um, that you just got married a half a year ago, maybe it's too early to, to tell. I do feel that overall our marriage is a healthy one, and with ups and downs like every normal marriage. In your recent speech, you mentioned how if your spouse says, I'm doing it for you, to simply say thank you. While I understand your point on a general level, on the other hand, when I feel my spouse and I need to go out or spend time alone, I don't think it's healthy to say I'm taking you out because it's for you or what you want. I honestly feel it's for us to improve our relationship and to keep it moving in a positive direction. I think sometimes it's also important for the one who feels like he's giving for you to realize that sometimes he's not giving for you, the spouse, but for us for the benefit of the relationship. I'm just putting this out there. As noted, I really appreciate and try to listen to as many of your English speeches as possible. I find them insightful, helpful, and on target. Thank you. Okay, so thank you for that. And the, what this questioner is basically saying is that, I mean, it, it twisted in the middle of the question a little bit, um, that sometimes it's not good to say I'm doing this for you if it's for us. There is such a thing as we're doing something for the benefit of the relationship, and I think it, let it be known that this is for us to enjoy. I'm not doing you a favor. And it sounded like a middle... Um, it turned around a little bit that uh, when I want to go for a walk, I don't think it's healthy or good for someone who's giving me to think he's giving me if really it's for both of us. So this is both ways. In other words, let's try to balance this out. When I'm doing something for us, okay, should I say it's for you? Is that the way? The way good to say it? I'm doing this for you, or no, I'm doing it for us. Well, if that's the case, then when my spouse is doing it, I don't either want to hear that it's for me if it's really for us. Now, okay, as you correctly mentioned. Um, that while I understand your point on a general level, yeah, everything I say is very general. And, and I, I mean it. And I'll, I'll say why. I met someone last week who tells me I sent in a question of yours, and you gave an answer, and me and my, me and my wife both listened to it together, and we really enjoyed it. Thank you. Um... You, you didn't understand 100% the question. You know, it, it wasn't bad, but it was a, you, you, I think you understood our relationship looks more like this, not like that, etc. Now, it could be that I misinterpreted, and it's obviously I only have what I'm reading in front of me, obviously. But, but what I did mention clearly, and I say this often, I just want to, being that this question tells me that generally it made sense, um, everything I say is general. The reason why I'm answering questions in public forum is because I'm not looking to give an answer to the questioner as much as I'm trying to discuss an idea that I think will be, and Boksham is very often helpful to a lot of people. Okay, so on a general level, when somebody does something for you and says I'm doing this for you, you say thank you. Let's remember that. That that that, that that's not I'm not taking back on that generally. Now, it, it is true that sometimes it's not it's not correct or or proper or the right thing to do for someone to say I'm doing it for you, if it's really for us. In other words, okay, if somebody if a spouse goes shopping for groceries, comes home and says, Oh, I bought this for you. I mean that's ridiculous. You didn't buy it for me, you bought it for us, for the house, right? So in terms of if it's right or wrong, I don't think it's right. I think that sometimes you try to twist things around and make believe you're such a, a Mr. Nice Guy doing something for someone, and it's not for them. Now, maybe the going to the grocery part was for your spouse, because really she usually does it, and this time you did it. Okay, so be specific. But very often you do things that are really for us, and you try to twist it around and make believe you're Mr. Nice Guy. I'm taking you on vacation to the place that I enjoy going. That, that's ridiculous. So it's not right, it's not. Okay, so if you're doing something that really... Um, you're enjoying and to try to twist it and make believe you're, you're being very nice about it it's incorrect and it might be making someone else feel very stupid I'm taking a favor, okay? So if the question was if it's the right thing to do, maybe not at the same time, if you find yourself the recipient of such a favor somebody's telling you, I'm going on vacation I'm doing this for you, then I think the right thing to do is still to work along with the version of the story that that person is presenting and say thank you I'll explain why, but the simple reason because somebody says they're doing something for you, work along. Work along, it's good, make them feel good, make them feel like you're getting something. It's all healthy. Try to point it out and say, it's not for me, it's for you, I know you really didn't mean me, when I wanted to go, you didn't want to take me, when I wanted to go somewhere else, you didn't want to It doesn't get you anywhere, it just makes people further away, it just, it just puts people off, it just makes it harder for someone to do you a favor next time. It, it, it convinces someone that they're not really such a nice guy, it convinces them that you don't think they're a nice guy, and it won't do any good to your relationship. So in general, if somebody tells you, I'm doing this for you, thank you so much. Thank you so much, and I'll talk more on this soon. What it means to work along with somebody's version of a story. Very often, that's the best thing you can do to work along with, with what that person is, is is saying. Now, but another point that I think is so important, and this is what I want to elaborate on, elaborate on first. I talk about this often when it comes to relationships. Taking is is as important as giving. Giving, everyone knows, you have to give in a relationship, right? If you if you not a give, you have to be a giver. If you want to live with someone, you have to be a giver in any relationship. Not only with a spouse, you have to be a giver. To be a taker is also an art, and a lot of people don't realize that. I'm willing to give, I'm willing to give, but nobody, I don't want anything from anyone. How, did, how do people feel living with somebody who doesn't know how to take? You ever, you ever felt those relationships? You can give, you, you, can, you can get from someone, and get, and get, and get, and all of a sudden you want to give a present back, or show appreciation. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. What does it make you feel like? You're the taker, I'll give you, I don't need anything from you. It's not healthy, it doesn't feel good. Nobody feels good being in a relationship where they can't give back. Nobody feels good when nothing's being accepted. So knowing how to, how to take is, is an art. So if somebody's telling you, I'm doing something for you, what's the aversion? Why, why are you afraid to say thank you? In other words, very often it's because, oh, you think you're doing it for me? It's not. I'll show you why it's not. Well, let's say it is. Very often the resistance to saying thank you for what somebody claims they're doing for you is not coming from the fact that it's not right and really it's not for me. It's coming from the fact that, oh, so you think now I owe you something? And that's, that's where people get stuck. Now, if a husband and wife could do something together and both feel good about it, both enjoy the vacation, and both try to have in mind as much as possible, if possible, to make sure the other one's having a good time as well, that's, that's amazing. That's how it should be. And then they can both be appreciative. That's, that's best. But sometimes you're in a situation where somebody's doing something and they think it's for you, don't be afraid to say, thank you. Thank you for having me in mind. When people have that resistance to saying thank you for taking, they have it even where somebody really is doing something for them. Right? I wanted to get a new wallet, and my wife buys me a new wallet. I say, oh, I didn't need a new wallet. You did need a new wallet. Why are you so afraid to say thank you for getting me a new wallet? You think this is what I need? You think, you think you're doing me a favor now? You think I owe you something back? Nobody thinks anything. Let someone feel good that they did something that you like. And if you, once you master that, then go to the next step. Let's say your wife buys you a new wallet and you didn't want a new wallet. And all you're thinking is a waste of $20. And you still say thank you. And you make them feel good that you took something. You make them feel good that they thought of you on your birthday and they it, came up with something you'll appreciate. You're doing something great by taking, even if you really didn't appreciate it. So now when somebody does something for you, and really they wanted you to have a new wallet, right? your wife wants you to wear a new watch because she's embarrassed to go when you're wearing a watch that has scotch tape on it and it's made out of plastic and you got it in a gumbo machine or you're it from one of your kids, right? And she buys you a new watch and she means herself. And she tells you, I bought this for you. Say thank you, make her feel good, you're doing something. Don't be so worried about, she twisted the story, it's not true, she, 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 soon she's going to think I owe her something. No, nobody owes anyone anything, just know how to take it. And, and, and sometimes, people have that resistance. And that's why, what I'm reading between the lines, I don't mean anything, um, you know, I don't mean to criticize Chazashu or, or get nitty-gritty, I'm just mentioning it. What I'm hearing in the question is, um, sometimes if, you know, the spouse feels like he's giving for me, but realizes really it's really for us, it's okay if he thinks so. And that brings me to another point that I, I want to clearly mention. Sometimes people get stuck on the, on the, on the, on the principle, you know, on the idea of it. Uh, you think this is for me? It's not. Maybe it is. No, it's not. I, th- I think you enjoy it as much as I do. right? I, I think you enjoy what we're doing as much as I do. So why are you saying it's for me? What if somebody disagrees with you? some people, some people don't, don't get this part it's not only if it really is or really isn't let's say you think that we're both enjoying it the same much and I tell you that I don't think we're enjoying it the same much I think you're enjoying it more than me why are you getting so stuck on that? what's the problem? your spouse feels that the vacation was 80% for you and 20% for him what's the problem? why are you getting so stuck on the fact that we see it differently? to so know how to accept the difference of opinion in general this is a separate discussion Okay. We don't see eye to eye about something. Why are you getting so stuck on that? Why do we have to convince each other who's right and who's wrong? So if I think I'm doing it for you, why are you trying to convince me that it's not, or that I don't really think so, or that your opinion is more right? It's okay, let things pass. I've heard my Revealing Secrets speech from Kareftuni. One of the secrets was, not always you have to get stuck on something. So if somebody says, I think it's for you, aside from the healthiness of being able to say, okay, thank you, and making that person feel good that they did something for you, Right? what's wrong if they think that it's for you why are you trying to convince them that it was not that's what people sometimes uh, get, get very stuck now, now the trick in relationships very often, and this is just one example is to know how to go both ways in other words, if you could be, for example a very appreciative person but not demand so much appreciation from other people that's a trick, that, that's very healthy in other words, you're treating other people as nice as you could, without being so mackerel in how other people treat you it's not easy, but sometimes that's what you need so in this case as well if you could do someone a favor and not point and say, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. You didn't say thank you yet. I'm doing it for you uh, all day. right? You just be nice to them without getting them, uh, without making them feel uncomfortable. And yet, when somebody tells you, I'm doing it for you, you say, oh, thank you. Th- that's a trick that a lot of people can't master. Like both sides of the coin. You know, if I can tell you I'm doing it for you and you tell me you're doing it for me, neither, or if neither of us, but you're putting it on my face and when I tell it to you. If you could master being a very nice person who knows how to appreciate when someone does something for you. And yet, when you do something for someone else, you know how to make it sound like we're having a great time. So that person doesn't feel like they're feel uncomfortable about taking. That's a trick that a lot of people can't do. But you think about it. See, next time you go on vacation, okay? And really, you're doing it for your spouse. Say, we had a great time. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you for coming with me. And when your spouse takes you on vacation, and really they like it more than you do, and they tell you, I did it for you. Say, thank you so much. It, it, it's, it's really the way things should be and it's not, it's not always easy. Now, as a matter of fact, I'm sure whoever's listening to me and heard me uh, a few times already knows this. I often, I often ask people, how often do you take a favor from your spouse? And this is something I, I started off the chair with about self-sufficiency. Right? Sometimes a, a relationship is challenged, there's screaming, there's this, there's that. You know what? And I say, how often do you ask your wife for a favor? A favor? I, I don't even get supper. I'm ask for favors. It's a problem. It's a problem. When you don't ask for a favor, what are you, what are you telling the other person? I don't need you. I'm doing fine. And so whatever you make is good. I, I don't need anything. How does a person feel? How respected and needed does a person feel when you don't ask for favors? Well, what if I, but last time I asked for something, she told me no. This is the trick. Ask for something very small or relatively small. Ask for something small enough that the person, your spouse, won't be able to say no. Right? Because it's so trivial. It's so small. And you're making something. If, you, if you could put up the green beans instead of the carrots, it's, it's nothing. It's the same can and just goes on the fire and it doesn't matter which. But what you did was you showed someone, first of all, I need you. And now you actually have an opportunity to say thank you. You know, thank you for having a mind. I don't know, I wasn't in the mood of this, it meant so much to me. It didn't have to mean anything to you. In other words, not only when somebody thinks they're doing something for you, do you want to take it? You actually want to make someone feel that they're doing something for you and make them feel good that you're a taker. And that's something that people struggle with. I don't want to be a taker. I'm not talking about being a taker who, who feels like you know the whole world is this. Letting someone know that I'm taking from you is, is is a very important is a very important thing and definitely does a lot of relationship. Now, I'll tell you something So a nice word. I don't know whose it is. So I, I, wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to quote it. Uh, I don't know if it says in the forum or somebody just said it. But uh, an interesting quote. An interesting word But Avrum Avini. We see Avrum a few weeks ago, right? A few weeks ago, was um was Avimelech wanted to give him some money and matunas. I don't need it, right? I don't want. I don't want Avramelech to say um, uh, um, Avimelech and Saul should Avromavini. He caused me the, the Ashiras. It's really often I He didn't want. And Avromavini was was the was the epitome of selling matunas He didn't want matunas. Plots an that that Imani gets stuck by Paray and Paray wants to give him matunas, you know, to cover up what happened over there, and Avromavini takes it all. What happened all of a sudden? All of a sudden he's taking it. So one could say, well, uh, Avimelech didn't want Avimelech. What the guys got and Paray not. But you see later, right, last week in the parish, we see that the uh, Levnai, we started out, um, Bahuga's children, Avruchav's gave them all matunas. Right, Levnai plagshim. gave them matunas. He Rashi and wanted to shoot him. He gave away whatever he got from Pari. He didn't want anything. Avruchav's was the same son of Matunas. Why from Pari did he take? Very good question. Yeah. So the Vatra, I saw the Muridigavort. Avruchav's said that it was, um, 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 uh, shoot, I don't have the Psikhim in front of me, but Pari was saying that he's doing this for Surah. In other words, because of Surah, I'm giving you the money. And Avramovini and said, Yes, I'm taking it for Surah. As a matter of fact, Avramovini told Surah the khetchidah, very much what was going on with Pari over there, Avramovini was doing for Surah. What's she gonna like? Now, Abimelech, I don't want Avramovini saying, I made Avramovini rich. So don't give me anything and I don't want to hear about it. I want Surah to say, My husband became rich because of me. I had an issue with Paroy, and because of me, Paroy gave my husband a lot of money. And now, Avram is going to walk around saying, why did I get rich? Because of my wife. Avram was willing to take the money, even though he didn't need it, and he ended up giving it away. He wanted Surah to feel good that she gave him something. Something that he didn't even want. Something he didn't even use, something he couldn't even appreciate. It meant nothing to him. But she felt good. And this is something about the Bav- Bav- Bavireich. He's doing it for Surah. It's such a moralistic lesson, and this mom is what we're talking about, right? If you know how to take something from someone for the same sole reason that that person should feel good that you got something, even if something you didn't need, it's such a tremendous thing. Now, certainly, when somebody goes on a vacation, and really it is for us, but they think it's for you, or they're trying to make it sound like it's for you, and you could show them, "Wow, thank you for doing this for me. What could be better than that?" So I see this as an opportunity, yes, to to say thank you when somebody says that, um, you know, I, I'm doing this, I'm doing this for you," and you say, "Thank you so much." Now. When you think about it, let me just add this, don't, don't we do this all the time with children anyway? I quoted recently Dr. Lieberman saying you treat your kids like adults and adults like kids. Don't we find ourselves doing this with children? When, when a child brings something and makes a picture and says, Mommy, I made this for you, what do you say? Wow, it makes me feel so special, thank you. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? That Does not make you feel special? No. So, so tell the kid, listen, you'll get older one day, you'll, you'll bring me some real naches, or you'll give me some money, whatever. then I'll, I'll appreciate it, this is nothing. What's the answer? Because the kid, you know, this is what he understands. He thinks he's doing something for you. You want to make him feel good. Right? We don't realize sometimes that adults are children. Now, I don't mean in a derogatory way. Adults are children. Just children express their, their feelings outright. And adults hide them. But there's that inner child that wants to feel appreciated and acknowledged. So when somebody tells you, I did this for you, even if you know your child did it for himself, he colored and he liked coloring and he feels so good about it, and then he says, I did it for you, you're going to say, hey, shamefully, you didn't do that for me. You were coloring for half hour. You didn't know what to do. Nobody's going to say that because a child has to hear... Thank you. It means so much to me. I love you. right? That's, all, that's the feeling you want to give. And you want to do that with adults as well. Remember, you want to do that with adults as well. And there's another thing, there's another thing to it also. When a child tells you, in general, I did this for you, or I did something good, or I don't kavun, or whatever it may be, this is what I mentioned earlier. You want to work alone with someone's version of the story. I hear this often. My teenage girl, she thinks she helps. She doesn't do anything at home. She did two things. She thinks she's a big helper. Don't disprove her and show her what a not-big-helper she is. Don't tell her how little help she's really giving because both she'll feel that you're challenging her version of what's going on and you're not appreciating her, which is hurtful, and she might start convincing herself, right, that it doesn't pay to help anyway. And thirdly, maybe I'm talking not to a big helper, and yeah, you're right, I hate helping. Yeah, you just proved it to me. My sister does ten things, and I do two things. You're right, I hate helping. So next time you ask a girl like that to help, what do you think is going through her mind? I'm not going to be appreciated. I'm, I anyway can't stand helping, so why should I? As opposed to when you tell a kid, you know, you are a big helper. The two things you did meant so much to me. If you have Koyach and you can still do this and this, I would appreciate it, but your help means a lot. And by night you remind her again. You know, you did that thing for me. You do it very special. The way you do it is so nice. You're a huge help. You're a huge help. I don't know what I would do without you. Which girl is going to be more inclined to help tomorrow? The one that got the appreciation and the identity as a helper or the one that was proven what a not helper she is? It's not a question. Now, if you do this for your spouse and you work along with someone's version of a story, you think you're doing for me constantly thank you for doing for me I love what you do for me it's so appreciated when you do for me thank you for having me in mind you're just a special spouse special in most cases I know sometimes people are worried well he'll think that he already was Yoitza. in most cases by being appreciative and making someone think that they're doing a lot they'll only do more so that's definitely something to think about uh, one more thing I'll end up with is that in general when it comes to vacations and it comes to who's doing for who and things and sometimes it gets a little stressful because you want one thing I want something else you do, you're doing me a favor I'm doing you a favor it is important, we spoke about this once, to sit down with a spouse and try to come up with something that we could both enjoy. There's no contradiction to anything we set up until here. Right? We both have an extra hour of Motzah Shabbos, the long winter. Let's try to think of something we could both enjoy. I feel so good doing something we both enjoy. I appreciate all the times you take me out to, uh, to do things, or to eat, or you treat me, or you buy me. Uh, I love it. And I love doing things for you. Let's try to come up with something here or there that we both like. And that's something that that also bonds people together when they're both involved in something and they're both enjoying themselves. And that's something that, you know, it's not so much the me and the you and the taking and the giving, which gets confusing sometimes. It's we, and we enjoy it. It's something we look forward to.